We continue our series on the Lord's Prayer as a framework for our faith, and possibly the only passage of Scripture that you and I know by heart. How does it help us, whether we are isolated in a prison cell or simply struggling through another day in the neighborhood? The first sentence reminds us of our identity and destiny. We are children of a heavenly Father and heirs of the coming kingdom of God. The second sentence tells us how to live by faith in the meantime, establishing four necessities, to ask for what we need each day, to trust the future to God, to examine our lives and confess our sins, and to show mercy by forgiving those who sin against us. So now we are ready for the third sentence, which in the traditional version reads like this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And here is the problem. How many young Christians have asked the questions, why would God lead us into temptation? I thought he was a good shepherd who could be trusted. And should we ask him not to, if this is his will for us? The source of the problem is the Greek word parasmos, translated temptation in the traditional version. But the word, depending on the context, can also mean test or trial. The choice of temptation for the traditional version of the Lord's Prayer is not wrong, but it's not the best choice, and it's unhelpful if it causes you the confusion I've just suggested about the nature and love of God. As our second reading from the letter of James makes clear, God cannot be tempted with evil, and he tempts no one. But each person is lured and enticed by his own desire. So God does not tempt us, but he does test us. He puts our faith on trial, so to speak. In any serious adversity, we are tempted to discouragement, like David in Psalm 25 when he writes, the troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Job and Jesus are Bible figures whose faith is sorely tested by adversity. But remember Abraham, Peter, Jeremiah, and Paul. They also are tested. When Job's prosperity, family, are destroyed, his wife tells him to curse God and die. Job's response, part of the Anglican burial service, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job is tested, but perseveres in faith. A great delusion for new Christians is the hope that if we are reconciled to God through Jesus, God will protect us from all adversity. Alas. We are not bubble-wrapped for life. In order to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth, we must share the same fate as anyone else in this troubled world. Adversity 
is the future of faithful Christians. Now, one could reason that if God tests us with adversity, he does put us in a situation where we are tempted to lose faith in him. So indirectly, God does lead or bring us into temptation. But I think a much better solution for getting to Jesus' meaning in the third sentence of the prayer is to translate parasmos as test or trial and not temptation. The contemporary translation, which you see on the right-hand column on the overhead screen, which, by the way, is from the ICET, the International Consultation on Ecumenical Texts, overshoots the mark and, without a secure basis in the Greek, renders the phrase, save us from the time of trial. And here they are following the great New Testament scholar Joachim Jeremias, who argued that by parasmos, Jesus is referring to the great tribulation at the end of the age, just before his return in glory. You'll find it described by Jesus near the end of Matthew, Mark, and Luke's Gospels. And it's summed up in Jesus' word to the church in Philadelphia. That's Asia Minor, not Pennsylvania. In Revelation 3.10, because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. So the phrase, save us from the time of trial, is very dramatic. But I fear we are emotionally distant from it unless we begin to think we are living in the last days. But until then, this translation, save us from the time of trial, feels remote. And yet you and I may face frequent tests through adversity that challenge our faith on a regular basis. So the best translation, I humbly suggest, for the third sentence of the prayer is perhaps this. Do not bring us to the test, but deliver us from evil. But are we justified in asking to be spared? Testing, if we survive, strengthens our faith, refines us like silver, shows whether, in the words of our gospel reading, our house of faith is built on sand or on rock. Yes, we are justified in asking to be spared because Jesus, facing his greatest test, his arrest and trial and scourging and crucifixion, prayed to be spared from it in the Garden of Gethsemane. Let this cup pass from me, he prayed. We are justified in praying, do not bring us to the test as long as we add, but deliver us from evil. Not and deliver us from evil, as the ICE text would have it. The Greek word Allah is an emphatic but. When we pray this way, we are asking God that if he must bring us to the test, he would deliver us from the evil of falling away from the faith. Because if we do fall away, we will be delivered into the power of evil without the protection of Jesus' atonement and the Holy Spirit. Well, pardon my lengthy struggle for the best translation of the third sentence of the prayer on a hot summer Sunday. Now we are ready for some application, now that we are clear what we are applying. Do not bring us to the test, but if you must, deliver us from evil. What might these tests be for you and for me? 
And might God deliver us from the evil of falling away in faith. Some of us have already been tested by adversity, and all of us probably will be at some time or another. Like Christians in Libya, Syria, and Iraq, we might be threatened with death by terrorists for professing faith in Christ. That would be a very severe test, wouldn't it? And how would we respond? We might face the sudden loss of a loved one, parent, spouse, child, or friend. How would we respond? We may be betrayed by someone we trusted and depended upon. We may suffer life-changing medical events leading to disability or a shortened life. We may experience professional disasters, layoffs, dismissals, opportunities denied. How would we respond? If some of these events are in your future, and I'm sorry to say they are likely to be, how might God answer your plea day by day as you say this prayer to be delivered from the evil of despair and from falling away from the faith? If you can maintain a discipline of listening prayer, like Jesus, you may foresee some of the tests coming. He clearly foresaw his death and had time to prepare himself for it. In addition, if you can hold on day to day to your identity and destiny as a beloved child of the coming king and practice even in the shadow of looming disaster the four necessities of the life of faith, asking for what you need, trusting your future to God, confessing your sins through an examined life, and forgiving those who sin against you, you will be strengthened for any tests your faith must overcome. Peter puts it this way in his first letter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory obtaining the outcome of your faith, which is the salvation of your souls. When you and I pray, do not bring us to the test, but deliver us from evil. We are acknowledging our vulnerability as children of God and our dependence on God for deliverance. In that spirit, and only in that spirit, as Peter says, 
we can pass any test. Amen.